This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. The Kinescope Initiative Episode 184 A sitcom review in chronological order. From the SFPP and Television Center, take it away, Mark. Thank you, announcer Bod, and welcome to the Kinescope Initiative, a sitcom review in chronological order. Let's wrap up the sitcoms of 1991. There are times when you think it's all going wrong. You struggle to make dreams come true. Still love in the answer all your life. It'll be there again to help get you through. It's never too late. Walter and Emily premiered on NBC on November 16, 1991, at 8.30 p.m. A sports writer, Christopher McDonald, is a divorcee who manages to get custody of his son, Matthew Lawrence, but only on the condition that his parents help out while Lawrence is out of town for his job. His parents are played by TV legends Brian Keith and Cloris Leachman. Eden Gross plays the kid's friend, while Sandy Barron and Shelley Berman played Keith's buddies. Now, we covered Brian Keith on episode 47 for Family Affair, Cloris Leachman on episode 56 for The Mary Tyler Moore Show, Eden Gross on episode 143 for Sweet Surrender, Sandy Barron on episode 46 for Hey Landlord, and we'll get to Matthew Lawrence when we reach his better-known series. Christopher McDonald was at one point engaged to Gina Davis, who he would later appear with in Thelma and Louise. He's a character actor, often playing villains and real people, from Jack Barry in Quiz Show to Joe DiMaggio in The Bronx is Burning. Other films? Grease 2, Outrageous Fortune, Fatal Instinct, Grumpy Old Men, Happy Gilmore, Requiem for a Dream, The House Bunny, as well as TV's Veronica's Closet, Family Law, North Shore, Cracking Up, Harry's Law, Boardwalk Empire, The Good Wife, Ballers, The Real Bros of Simi Valley, Mr. Iglesias, American Crime Story, Hacks, The Watcher, and is currently on Marvel's Secret Invasion. He's done voice work for The Iron Giant, Superman the Animated Series, Kim Possible, Beware the Batman, Costume Quest, McDonald made it to Broadway in Chicago and the front page. Shelley Berman served in the Navy in World War II, then studied drama, working various jobs throughout. In the mid-50s, he joined the Compass Players, which would later become the Second City. He created a solo act that often involved imaginary telephone calls. Bob Newhart seemed to imitate him. He won the first comedy Grammy. Berman ran the talk and variety show circuits for decades. There were dozens of TV appearances, including That's Life, L.A. Law, the Blues Brothers animated series, Boston Legal, Curb Your Enthusiasm, along with films Divorce American Style, Meet the Fockers, The Holiday, and You Don't Mess with the Zohan. Berman reached Broadway in two short-run shows, plus a one-man show and some touring. He lectured for years on writing at USC, Berman passed in 2017 with his last role on a Hawaii Five-0 episode in 2012. Walter and Emily only lasted 13 episodes, despite the talent involved in front of and behind the camera. It was produced by Witt Thomas. I could only find the opening theme online. 
a generic 90s inspirational ballad in the Miller Boyett vein. We've reached the end of 1991. Out of 29 shows, 11 survived past their first seasons, although two of which only technically got two seasons. For a success rate of 38%, it was only 28% in 1990. The winners, Harry and the Hendersons, Blossom, Davis Rules with an asterisk, Baby Talk with an asterisk, Dinosaurs, Rock, Herman's Head, Nurses, Home Improvement, Step by Step, and The Torkelsons. Moving on to 1992, NBC airs the first of several sitcom crossover events, with Susan Harris's The Golden Girls, Empty Nest, and Nurses having the same storyline involving a full moon on Leap Day. 80s sitcoms Who's the Boss, Growing Pains, Night Court, and The Pudding Guy all take their final bows. Murphy Brown gets a boost after VP Dan Quayle mocks her show for having a single mother. Johnny Carson airs his 4,531st and final episode. Then Jay Leno takes over The Tonight Show. The era of presidential candidates on talk shows begins with Bill Clinton playing sax on the Arsenio Hall show. The recently deceased Sinead O'Connor rips up a photo of the Pope on SNL. Seinfeld's The Contest airs, and despite controversy, or perhaps because of it, it wins an Emmy and is later named the top TV episode of all time by TV Guide. New cable channels include Sci-Fi and Cartoon Network. Non-sitcom premieres, Barney and Friends, Batman the Animated Series, X-Men, Dateline NBC, The Real World, Deaf Comedy Jam, Melrose Place, and Picket Fences. Billy premiered on ABC on January 1st, 1992 at 9.30 p.m., a spinoff, or spin-out, from the recently shuttered Head of the Class, episode 136, with teacher Billy McGregor, Billy Connolly, moving to Berkeley, marrying Mary, Marie Marshall, to get a green card, a la I Married Dora. Unofficially, he becomes her boarder. She has three kids, played by a pre-Roseanne Johnny Galecki, Natanya Ross, and Clara Bryant. Now we'll cover Galecki when we get to his big role. Marie Marshall already had a run on As the World Turns prior to this series. She would go on to Silk Stockings and a lot of guest spots, the last in 2011. She spent a lot of time doing commercial work. Natanya Ross would soon go on to play Robin on The Secret World of Alex Mack. She also appeared in the film The Babysitter's Club. Clara Bryant went on to a short run on Buffy the Vampire Slayer and the TV movie True Confessions. She retired from acting in the late 2000s and is now an attorney in Atlanta. If Billy seems like a lame method to stretch out a series that probably had already run too long, you're right. 13 episodes and gone. I managed to find an episode on YouTube in terrible quality. The opening is just the two leads explaining the concept. Mary's friend takes Billy on a date, which makes no sense in a sham marriage. Galecki's character is smoking, so Billy tries a unique method to get him to stop. The show is written around Connolly's stand-up routines.
your belly and your breath feels charred when you yawn and your cave is covered in cobwebs and suddenly a hundred years are gone when it seems as if you're surrounded Scorch premiered on CBS on February 28, 1992 at 8 p.m. Another puppet sitcom in the vein of ALF. Scorch is a 1,300-year-old dragon who gets hit by lightning, crashing in front of the apartment of a father, Jonathan Walker, and his daughter, Rhea Silver-Smith. Scorch helps the guy get a TV weatherman job. They all assume it's a puppet act, which it is. Todd Sussman plays the station manager, John O'Hurley the news anchor, with Brenda Strong as his co-anchor. Lauren Katz works on the production team, and TV legend Rose Marie plays the suspicious landlady. Ron Lucas is the puppeteer. We covered Todd Sussman on episode 75 for The Bob Crane Show, John O'Hurley on episode 167 for Seinfeld, and Rose Marie for The Dick Van Dyke Show, episode 26. We'll cover Brenda Strong when we get to her better-known shows. Jonathan Walker was born in England, but moved to Canada when he was a boy. He enlisted in the Royal Canadian Regiment, then worked at the CBC for a time as a newsreader. His films include Michael Clayton, Man on a Ledge, Red, and Bridge of Spies, with TV work on All My Children and a lot of guest work. Walker also did voice work in GTA V. Ron Lucas mastered ventriloquy by age 10, a touring gig for a clothing company where he worked with a Billy the Kid puppet set up his career. He's headlined in Vegas at multiple hotels and was the first ventriloquist to have a long-running show. Lucas has performed for Presidents and the Queen using puppets, including Scorch, which led to the TV series. He hosted a UK variety series in the 90s and was a semi-regular on a match game revival. CBS tried to copy the success of ALF with Scorch, and it failed miserably. Three episodes aired with three more never broadcast. Clearly, the show was built around Ron Lucas's successful nightclub act. I found an episode on YouTube. The opening theme includes a magical, wacky theme. The show is incredibly cutesy. This would have done better as a Disney Channel series. Rosemary's charm is nowhere to be seen. O'Hurley and Strong are wasted. The roof is caving in. The mud is running out. The little fish are drowning in the sea But everything's okay, that's what they tell me And I've got faith in the powers that be That's right The Powers That Be premiered on NBC on March 7, 1992 at 8.30 p.m. A short-run series that, if it had fared better, NBC's fortunes would have taken a nosedive. It's a sitcom about a political family. John Forsyth plays William Powers, a senior U.S. senator. Holland Taylor plays his wife, Margaret. Valerie Mahaffey, their daughter, who's married to Congressman Theodore Van Horn, David Hyde Pierce, and their son, Pierce, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Eve Gordon plays Jordan, the senator's administrative assistant and mistress. Robin Bartlett plays Sophie, the senator's illegitimate daughter. Peter McNichol plays Bradley, the press secretary, with Elizabeth Berridge as Charlotte the Maid. We covered John Forsyth way back on episode 16 for Bachelor Father, Holland Taylor in episode 104 for Bosom Buddies, and we'll cover David Hyde Pierce, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Peter McNichol when we get to their better-known series. 
Valerie Mahaffey got her start in theater, appearing in Broadway's Rex with several other short-run shows. This led to TV soap The Doctors, along with Fresno, Northern Exposure, with an Emmy, Women of the House, The Client, ER, United States of Terra, Desperate Housewives, Monday Mornings, Devious Maids, Young Sheldon, Big Sky, Dead to Me, and films Seabiscuit, Jack and Jill, and Sully. Eve Gordon had already played a regular on Almost Grown, plus the role of Marilyn Monroe in A Woman Named Jackie, as well as appearing in The World According to Garp prior to this series. She went on to The Good Life, Felicity, Versailles, American Horror Story, Heart of Dixie, Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23, and films Avalon, Miss Congeniality 2, and The Circle. She also made it to Broadway in Doonesbury. Robin Bartlett appeared in multiple films prior to The Powers That Be, Heaven's Gate, Sophie's Choice, Baby Boom, Moonstruck, Postcards from the Edge, Regarding Henry, and Broadway's Yentl. She went on to Dangerous Minds, City of Angels, Shutter Island, and The Fablemans, as well as TV's It Had to Be You, Mad About You, with a SAG nomination, Dragnet, American Horror Story, Vice Principals, and The Shrink Next Door. Elizabeth Barrage had a long run on a soap, Texas, and a role in the film Amadeus prior to the series. She went on to a regular run on The John Larroquette Show. As you can see, there's a lot of acting firepower on The Powers That Be. This extended behind the camera. Norman Lear was the executive producer. The creators were David Crane and Marta Kaufman. Now, you would think this would have ensured success. Not so much. Two short seasons with a total of 21 episodes, five of which never aired. Now, if this show had become a hit, David Hyde Pierce wouldn't have been available for Frasier. Crane and Kaufman might not have developed friends. We could have seen NBC's must-see TV dynasty die out a decade earlier, and we might have skipped the dozens of 20-somethings in the big city shows imitating friends. Also, Levitt, McNichol, and Taylor might not have been available for their later series. Even the main set went on to better things. It was reused as the main set for The Nanny. It certainly would have changed the TV landscape. The Powers That Be is buried on, of all places, Crackle. The opening theme is an R&B ballad with shots of Washington. If this episode is any indication, Holland Taylor was the star of the show. David Ide Pierce plays Milk Toast very well. The family has a formal weekly dinner, except they're feuding. I love the old tech, the ancient laptop, cordless phones with an antenna you pull out. The writing is excellent. This could have run for years. More of 1992 sitcoms in our next episode. Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Check out Instagram at sfpodnetwork. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Well, I'm filing this episode in the archive. Tune in next time. <laughs>